Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in.
What's in a name? A name makes a person known and recognized. What if the name was a testimony of who was to carry it? What if a name painted a picture of the essence of that person? 700 years before Christ's birth, God told the prophet Isaiah, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Throughout scripture, Jesus referred to himself by many different names. The bread of life, the true vine, the good shepherd, the bright and morning star, and many more. The beauty of Jesus is so vast that a single name cannot fully describe him. The most beautiful treasures and the riches of God's creation are still but a reflection of the glory of Jesus.
in the time chosen by the Lord, he sent the angel Gabriel to Mary to bring her good news that she would have a son. The angel said he will be great and the son of the highest. The Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Soon afterward, Mary and Joseph, her betrothed, made the long journey to Bethlehem to count for the Roman census. In the hills around Bethlehem, in the camp, the of locks. An angel of the Lord suddenly appeared before them. The shepherds were afraid, but the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I'll bring you good news. For there is born to you this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth lying in a manger. The shepherds left their flocks and hurried into the town so they could find the baby. They found him just as the angel had said. We can imagine a quiet scene and humble surroundings. The shepherds softly approached the manger to share this happy moment. While marveling at the tiny infant, one shepherd asks, what is his name? Mary smiles and gently responds, his name is Jesus.
Hundreds and even thousands of years before Christ's birth, God revealed to the prophets of Israel who Jesus was and what he would do. John wrote in his gospel, These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Jesus accomplished everything God said he would. He wanted us to understand God's great plan of salvation was revealed and fulfilled through him. He came to offer us forgiveness of sin, healing, and peace with God. 2,000 years ago, in a humble manger, the life our face, salvation was born. His name is hope. His name is love. His name is light. God gave him a name above every other name. His, His name is Can you, can you give us another round of applause here? <laughs> it's very emotional. <laughs> Thank you all so much for coming out. Merry Christmas to you. And this type of production doesn't happen overnight. And it doesn't happen with uh, just one hour a week of rehearsal. This is a four-month process here and um, the this is we have 14 kids from 10 families and I just want to honor the families can all the 10 families the parents stand up <laughs> and only they really know the, uh, the extent of, of time and effort, and they, only they have really dealt with, with me. Um, <laughs> and, and the text messages, and, and the, uh, the repeat text messages. So thank you so much for going on this journey. We really do become a family, and um, we, we just wanna lift up the name of Jesus today. So I wanna thank a few people. Um, I couldn't do this without. Uh, ben Kropach, he's back there on the soundboard. Janelle, didn't know what to get you. Hope you like pretzels. <laughs> Tanya, where is Tanya? She's, she's amazing. She helped us every week during rehearsal. Just one. <laughs> Just one. Every week during rehearsal and... Um, she could have gone out to lunch, but she stayed behind and, and helped run, run our soundboard for us so I didn't have to run back and forth. And Betsy, the one with the nice voice. <laughs> and you guys, I, I don't sing. I'm not a singer. So um, I had to call in the reserves and <laughs> help us with some of the... Some of the the pitch and the key this year, these songs were really tough. Um, they, they weren't, you know, preschool level songs. They, this was a big challenge. And we can do hard things for Jesus, right? 
So I have about one more minute, and I was thinking um, I wanted to just share my heart. God put this message on my heart back in August as I began to pray and find the songs. It became clear he wanted to focus on just the name of Jesus and, and who Jesus is to us. And in thinking about uh, Jesus coming to earth, and he left his home in glory, and he came to be among us in our, our pain, our wreckage, our brokenness. You know, why did he do it? Why did he uh, give his life on the cross for us? And scripture has a lot of answers to that question. One of those is for joy. He did it for the joy set before him. Hebrews tells us the joy set before him, and now he's seated at the right hand of the Father in victory. And what is his joy? His joy is you and I being able to live a life through him in freedom from sin and freedom from condemnation and living for him, loving him, serving him. Even if I don't sing, I can still get up and serve him, right? And so my life is his reward and I want him to have his reward today. So Merry Christmas from our choir family to yours. God bless you. Come on. Hey, hold on. Stay up here, Sarah. Stay up here. Um, come on, give it up for these kids one more time. Give it up for Sarah. Um, thank you to all the, the friends, family, come out uh, loving on these kids and supporting. You know, the Bible says to show honor to whom honor is due. And Sarah is not on staff at Canvas Church, but you might not know that uh, because she's always giving, she's always serving, she's always pouring out, uh, not just into the children, but into so many. And we're so blessed to have her. If you have not had a chance to meet this incredible woman, you need to, because uh, she loves people fiercely. And she loves this generation. She loves these kids. And she's just since, uh, been a vital part of everything we do here within this ministry here at Canvas Church. So can we give it up for Sarah for all that she's doing. Come on. And as these kids make their way off stage, go ahead and give them one more hand. Come on. Love it. Hey, I, I have to say this, though, that um, I think by next year we're going to need a bigger stage. Come on. Get more kids involved uh, in the choir. Man, such an awesome, awesome thing. Um, love what God's doing in our children's ministry. How many of you guys love what God's doing in your church? Four of you, okay, awesome. I love what God's doing in our church, but. Um, well, hey, I'm not gonna go a long time today because I want you, uh, pray, wait, hold on. Who said that? Ushers, it came from over here somewhere. If we could just escort that individual out, that would be awesome. And uh, clearly they're a visitor because they haven't heard how phenomenal my preaching is, so. Why are you laughing? So, well, Merry Christmas once again. Why don't you grab your Bibles real quick and go with me to the book of Micah. And uh, just uh, honestly, I'm not going to go long. I want to share with you one thought. Uh, the children did such a great uh, job ministering to us this morning and sharing uh, really the true meaning of Christmas and uh, being about Jesus. And here at Canvas Church, we've been in a series over the last, uh, I don't know, four or five weeks. And we've been going through the book of Micah together because Micah presents to us such great hope. 
And uh, really this Christmas season is all about hope, the hope that comes through Christ Jesus, the hope uh, that came to the world the day that uh, he came. And so we've been looking at this idea of hope, hope found in the book of Micah. And uh, why is the book about hope? The book is about hope because it's about restoration, um, that the children of Israel had sinned and uh, therefore judgment was coming. But within that judgment, there's a promise of hope that would come. And I think there's no clear picture of that than seen in Micah chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. And so I want to read to you Micah 5, 1 through 5, share with you a few thoughts. And, um, and then we're going to go back into some moments of worship uh, together. Micah chapter 5, starting in verse 1, it says, Mobilize, marshal your troops. The enemy is laying siege to Jerusalem. They will strike Israel's leader in uh, the face with a rod. Not a real hopeful verse right there, right? Once again, what's happening here is the, the God's people have sinned. Judgment is coming. And uh, within that judgment now, the, the prophet Micah comes and says, hey, uh, get ready. It's about to happen. Um, you're about to get struck. This is about to happen. But again, as I mentioned, with that, with that idea of judgment and punishment coming, Micah always presents hope. Verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrath, are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in the distant past will come from you on my behalf. What is happening here? Micah is beginning to foretell or foreshadow that a ruler, Jesus, is coming. Now, you've got to understand something, that when it says here <coughs> that a ruler is coming, um, it's, not a, it's not like politics like we know today. It's not like every four years we get to, you know, vote somebody in if we don't like the way the last one was. Um, this is completely different. When, when, when this prophet comes and says a ruler is coming, he's talking about a sovereign. He's talking about a king. He's talking about someone that's not going to be voted in for man by man, but someone that's going to be established as a righteous ruler uh, that's going to do something in their nation, in the people. This is a king that's going to come and... And so a king is going to come, a ruler whose origins are in the distant past. Verse 3, the people of Israel will, uh, be abandoned, uh, will, will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in labor gives birth. Then at last, his fellow countrymen will return from exile to their own land. And he will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Then his people will live there undisturbed, for he will be highly honored around the world. Amen? Verse 5. And he will be a source of peace. Not just he will bring peace, but he will be the, the source of peace. Out of him will flow peace. Here's, here's the prophetic message. Now, remember, this is in a time of dysfunction. This is in a time of disorder. This is in a time of chaos. This is in a time where they realize now their sins and that punishment is coming. And in that moment, uh, the prophet comes and says, hey, there's hope. There's a king that's going to come. There's a sovereign that's going to come. There's a ruler that's going to come and rule over you righteously. And in him, you're going to find peace. You're going to find peace, but you've got to be in him in order to find that. You've got to, here's the thing with a, a, a king or a sovereign, you've got to come under the king and the sovereign in order to receive the benefits that come from the kingdom. So you've got to understand the wording that's used here is, hey, there's a king coming. 
they understood, okay, if there's a king coming, then, then we've got to come under that king in order to experience the benefits that would come from that kingdom. See, it's completely different than the way we know leadership today. It's completely different than the way we know rulership today. We, we, don't, we don't like the ruler we have. We kind of buck the system for four years and hope we get the ruler we want next time. Are you with me? And in the process of that, still receive all of the rewards and the benefits. See, this is not the language that's being used here. The language that's being used here, hey, there's a king coming. And they understood the language. They understood, well, if there's a king coming, I've got to submit myself underneath that king in order to receive the benefits of the kingdom. And the benefits of the kingdom are going to be peace. Peace on earth. Let me pray. We'll share for a few moments. God, we thank you so much for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. God, we thank you for the prophetic revelation of Micah that came thousands of years before the king would come. That would, that would encourage, that would instruct, that would give hope. And Lord, I pray that the same hope they found in that, those words, that we would find hope today, knowing that we don't serve a natural man, knowing that we're not under a natural authority, knowing that we are under the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And as we submit and surrender to that comes all of the benefits of heaven. So God, I pray you'd help me now in the next few moments share and create a place for people to discover your son Jesus, know your incredible love, and realize the amazing plan that you have for him. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. How many of you guys are excited for Christmas? Right, celebrating. Um, here's the thing, after Christmas, um, uh, something typically happens as you go into the new year, uh, gym memberships just skyrocket. Right, you ever been one of those statistics, right? You signed up, uh, maybe it was an online thing, maybe it was you signed up, you know, for, to get a trainer. Uh, ever done that before? Maybe you bought, what was the, what was it, the, the kickboxing one with, what was his name? Tybo, but what was the kickboxing guy's name? It's just, yeah, Billy Banks, there it is. There it is, thank you, Cody. That means you probably signed up for it, all right. Um, we're coming to that time of the year where, where you're going to go maybe visit a gym. So many people do. Gym memberships skyrocket in, in January, and then by like February, it's like I'm canceling, right? But here's the thing. They'll, they'll take you through, and they'll show you everything that you have access to, right? They'll take you to the weights. They'll take you to the, the massage table. How many of you guys go to the gym for the massage table? Let's be honest, right? I'll never forget. My, my wife signed up for a gym membership, but it was one of those ones you could bring somebody with you. And I was like, well, why sign up for two? You sign up and I'll go with you. And then uh, she went in to use the massage table and I tried to do that too. And they're like, no, no, that's for members only. Dang it, right? They'll walk you through and show you all these things, but in order to enjoy all the benefits, you've got to become a, a member, right? You can bring somebody along with you, but they ain't gonna get to use the massage table unless they're a member, all right? Here's what's happening right now in this prophetic word from Micah. And you got to catch it because if you just read through it, you think, well, that's a great prophecy. Jesus is coming, right? All right, you know, the Savior of the world, awesome. But here's the thing. He's only the Savior to those who say yes to his name. And as the prophetic word comes forth, these people understood the terminology that was being used. They understood that, okay, a king is coming and he's going to bring peace. But when he comes, I have a choice, a decision to make. Am I going to come under his rule and under his reign and under his authority and under his... Are you with me this morning? 
And here's the thing, nothing's changed from that prophetic word to today. In order for us to receive all of the benefits that come from heaven, in order for us to receive all of the things that Christ came to give us, we have to come under his rule, under his reign, under his authority. Here's the cool thing, that when all of a sudden Jesus shows up, the Bible shows us the number one way that we begin to come under his reign and his authority. And I want to share it with you real quickly here, and then we're going to worship together. The number one way you and I come under. Listen, I know that, you know, maybe the first time you said yes to Jesus, I was there. It's like, hey, come, and someone leads you in a prayer. Been there? Or maybe you just encountered Christ on your own, and because you, you knew some, you, you repented before him and you said a prayer. And understand that the Bible says that, that, you know, that we confess our sins to him and he's faithful and just. There is this confession to him and, uh, you know, all of the, that, that people get saved through the preaching of the word. And, and this is all true, but, but here's the thing. It's a lifestyle. The Bible says in Matthew that you've got to bear fruit worthy of repentance. Now, me coming to a Sunday morning service and maybe responding to an altar or responding just in my heart, the, the real life transformation starts from that point. And when the king first showed up, or even the announcement of the king, I want you to see what took place. Here's what took place when the king shows up. And when the king shows up, the response is still the same. The first one is this, is heaven worshipped. Heaven worshipped. When the shepherds were out in the field, Luke 2, 13 to 15 says this, it says that suddenly the angel was joined by a vast, this is the announcement of Jesus coming, that, that he was born, that he's here, he has arrived. Suddenly an angel was joined by a vast host of others. The armies of heaven, what are they doing? Praising and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem, let us see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. The very first announcement of Jesus to these shepherds, to these commoners, to the lowest of the low, resulted in what? Resulted in all heaven worshiping. Because the number one response we have when the ruler enters the room is to bow before him. The number one response when the king of kings and the Lord of lords shows up in our life is for our life to bow before him in worship. Heaven models it for us. It wasn't just heaven, though. Number two, the shepherds worshiped. Listen to what it says. After the shepherds went and visited to see this, it says in verse 20 of Luke chapter 2, the shepherds went back to their, uh, to their flocks. Here's what they were doing. Glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angels had told them. Now, I want you to catch this. This wasn't like they had seen and heard a lot. Are you with me? I mean, the angels showed up. They proclaimed him. They worshiped him. Heaven worships. They're like, we got to go see this for ourselves. They hurry off. I don't know how long they're gone, but it wasn't days. They come back to their flocks. How much could have they seen and heard in such a short amount of time? Because it wasn't what they had seen and heard. It was who they had seen. 
And who they had seen was the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the result was, I got to worship him. I got to worship him. The, I, the ruler has entered the world. The ruler, the King of Kings, the one that's going to bring peace. The one that Micah prophesied about, the one that Isaiah prophesied about, the one that the prophets foretold us about, he's here. And the only thing I can do is worship him. Heaven did it. The shepherds, the minute they went and saw, did it. Check this out. Two years later, two years later, the wise men show up. The wise men worshiped him. Listen to what it says in Matthew 2.11. It says they entered the house, and worship team, you can come on up. It says they entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down, and here's what they did, worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Two years after the birth, the wise men following that star show up, find Jesus. There he is. And the minute they walk in, the Bible says they bow down before him and they worship him. The only response when the sovereign enters your life is to worship him. The only response when the ruler, the king of kings, enters your world is to worship him. It's the only response because you realize how great he is and how much I need him. Are you with me? Here's the thing. The Bible says that one day when everything on earth wraps up, we're gonna go to heaven. And guess what's happening in heaven? Worship, 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 worship. Here's the thing, the only reason I have trouble worshiping, listen to me, I'm not just talking about what we do on stage, singing, although the Bible's very clear, hey, you gotta sing songs to him, worship him. Ultimate worship is the life I live. Is the life I'm living pleasing him? Is Romans chapter two says it. I love the way I think it's in the message it says that, that my life would be a, a living worship service unto him, holy and acceptable to him. Not performance, not polished, not perfect, willing to admit when I've sinned and ask for forgiveness, willing to go to somebody else when I've offended them and ask for forgiveness. That, that, that's, that, that, that's worship. That's worship. I'm willing to repent of my sins. I'm willing to make things right. The Bible says to be at peace, as much as it's within you to be at peace with one another. That's worship. That's worship. Yeah, worship's these moments, but worship is the life that we live. And the only reason we struggle to worship is because we stopped coming under his authority because we stopped coming under his rule, because we stopped coming under his reign. It's, it's, it's easy to worship him when you've come under him. Because when you come under him, you realize 
There's protection. There's peace. There's hope. There's forgiveness. There's healing. There's life. There's restoration. There's love. There's joy. See, when you come under Him, when you come under His rulership, and you come under His reign, man, all of the benefits of the kingdom are there. And the kingdom of God is, Romans 10, 17, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. When we come under Him, man, all of those things. The Bible says that by His stripes, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm already made well. What's that tell me? When I come under His rule, there's healing for my body. Because he's Jehovah Rapha, my healer of my health. He's Shalom. He's my peace. He's my provider. Right? The righteous, those that are under him, have never been forsaken, nor their seed had to beg bread. The reason it's hard to worship is because we stopped coming under his authority. The reason we're not receiving the benefits is because we stopped coming under his rulership. The reason you can no longer enjoy the benefits of the gym is because you canceled your membership. Listen, the gym is still there. The possibilities are still there. The one I used to be a part of, Choose. I know you can tell I stopped going, right? It's still there. Sitting right next to Vaughn's, hasn't gone anywhere. The weights are still there, the treadmill's still there, that massage table is still there. I drive by it, but I can't be a part of it until I come under it. Listen to me, there's some of you sitting here right now and you thought you think Jesus has forgotten about you. You, thought, you think he's forsaken you, you think that man, he's passed you by, he hasn't, he's still there. He's still seated at the right hand of God the Father living and he's making intercession for you. And all the benefits are there, all the provision is there, all the joy is there, all the hope is there, all the fulfillment is there, all the life and life more abundant is there. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. His love is still abundant towards you. You've just got to come under. You just got to get back in agreement with him. You just got to get back to what Micah talked about. He's a ruler. He's a king. He's a sovereign. And his kingdom is great. And he has great plans. And he has a great hope. And he has a great future for you. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's the same. And his benefits and all his promises are yes and amen in him. Are you with me today? And so I, I want you to stand to your feet right now if you would. And, and I want to do what heaven did. I want to do what the shepherds did. I want to do what the wise men did. When all of a sudden I understand the king, and the Bible says this, where two or three are gathered together in his name, guess what? He's there. He's here. He's here right now. He's here to minister to your need. He's here to minister to your heart. He's here to minister to your soul. He's here to minister to your spirit. He's, he's, he wants to be the glory and the lifter up of your head. He wants to lift your eyes out of the chaos that you might find yourself in right now and get your eyes on him where you can find peace and you can find hope and you can find joy, you can find fulfillment. Stop driving by. Stop driving by, stop driving by. Come on, get in relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords once again. Lord, we love you and we thank you for the reminder of Micah chapter five that you're a king and you're a ruler and you're a good God. And I pray on this Christmas Sunday Lord, the message that these, these children brought forth today, 
about the name of Jesus that today we would go back to your name we would go back to your name the name that's above every name it's at that name that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to the glory of God the Father that you are Lord you are our ruler you are our King and today as we worship we would enter back into relationship with you and there we would find all that we're looking for come on would you worship with me